believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. Because my children are coming. Never say never to always. I'll never say always to none. To seem is to dream a dream. I love Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You know, if I wanted to kill somebody, I'd take this book and beat you to death with it, and I wouldn't feel a thing. It'd be just like walking to the drugstore. It's time to call time from behind you. If you know this man has been just a dream. Valley of death and I hide Yo, yo, yo. What's up, my guys? Good oh. lord. Well, that's... Nice intro there, Storm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, my love. Fantastic. Boy. You're here all week. Yeah. Howdy. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Ooh-wee. Where's Mr. Meeseeks when you need him? I actually have one of those at my house. The one I got you? Yeah. I got two more, actually. Oh, yeah? You're um, gaining Meeseeks? Yes. My goal is to have 100. I can respect that. Yep. Existence is pain. No rhyme or reason. I just want 100 of them. Existence is pain for them. I like it. Existence is pain. Technically 102 because I wanted to staple a couple to the wall above my bed. I thought that was your stomach. I'm like, God damn. You need to go to the bathroom there? I didn't know it was my water. I can pause this. It's no big deal. <laughs> yes, that, that was my stomach. My water. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I promise it's my water. So, I guess last time we did this, we left off with uh, Manson's bringing in the Straight Satan's biker gang, right? Yep. Um, since then, Storm and Jessica have seen the 2004 version of uh, Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. Storm, any thoughts? I liked it. You I really like... wish that one lady would stop smiling, though. Susan Atkins, Sadie. Yeah, yeah like she her. had a creepy smile. Yeah, she just. She never stopped. Yeah. She's like, yeah, man. They're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, charge you with murder. And she's like, far out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weird. Like, whatever floats your boat, kid. Yeah. So, yeah. Um,. Guess now we can bring on, uh, now that we're talking about Bobby Buscioli. Oh. Yellow. Yellow. Um, let's talk about Gary Hinman. Okay. 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 Gary Hinman <laughs> was a music teacher and a PhD, PhD student at UC. I don't know why that seemed wrong. <laughs> PhD. I'm like, no, that's the correct anagram. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, at UCLA, 
at some point in the late 60s, he befriended members of Manson's family. And uh, occasionally he'd allow them to come and crash at his house. Um, some people, including Susan Atkins, uh, believed, according to some people, including Sadie or Susan Atkins, Manson believed Hinman had a lot of money. Um, apparently it was incorrect, but... Okay, so question, why did they think that? Because he had shit, he had a house and a car. So just having shit, it's like, oh, you got money? No, necessarily. Well, I, mean, I might be, I'm okay with compared, the Compared to eating out of a dumpster. Yes. And paying their rent with, with girls. Because that's how they paid rent at the Spawn Ranch. Is they, who is it, Squeaky? Squeaky, yeah. George, the old man that ran the place, had kind of a thing for Squeaky. And she'd go in there and get him off, you know. Basically, he'd have sex with him and he wouldn't ask questions about what was going on with the ranch. Yeah. And but also, I, if I remember correctly, she wanted to stay in the. Yeah, she got to stay in the big house. Yeah. Because well, it had air conditioning. George's house had air conditioning and like electricity yeah. and running water. All the, all the good stuff. <laughs> and the rest of the ranch was just a movie set, you know. So <laughs> it didn't really have any of these things. She's like, you know what? If it means I have to trade my body for air conditioning, I would trade my body for air conditioning without hesitation. Um. <laughs> oh Lord! I don't think I would. I think I'd rather suffer. Yeah. Like I, there's other ways for me to become cool. You're already cool. I am. Hell yeah! Um, is that why you married me? Yeah. Cool. <coughs> so. Manson sent uh, family members Bobby Buscioli, Mary Bruner, and Susan Atkins to Hinman's home on July 25th, 1969 to convince him to join the family and turn over his assets um, that Manson thought Hinman had. Um, They held him hostage for two days while he kept denying, I don't have any money. During this time, Manson leaves and comes back and slashed his face and ear, cuts his ear right the fuck off. I was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, basically at that point realizes, okay, well, he ain't really got nothing except for this car and this house. Now we got to figure out how to get out of this. <laughs> so he tells Buscioli to kill him. Uh, Buscioli stabbed him in the death, and um, they wrote uh, to fall in with their plan for their race war. Uh, he had either Hinman or one of the women. I mean, not Hinman. Buscioli or one of the women using Hinman's blood to write political piggy on the wall and to draw their panther paw symbol. Right? Yeah. That's... According to Manson and Buscioli, in magazine interviews from 1981 and the 1990s, Buscioli said that he had gone to Hinman's to recover money paid to Hinman for mescaline that had been provided to the straight Satans that they all said this wasn't no good. Basically, it seems... Huh? No, I, I recognize the name, but I can't what? visualize mescaline? the mescaline. Yeah, Peyote. Thank you. I was like, I can yeah. see it, but I can't. Um, basically, he had sold Manson and the Spiker Club some some bad peyote, and they're like, no, we want our money back. Um, and that's real. I, I think that is really what happened. I, this whole thing of like 
drug dealers. I think it was just a drug deal thing gone, gone bad. bad. And because the straight Satans have taken up residence at the ranch, you know, Charlie can't just be like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's to do something. He's contractually obligated. Obligated to do something about this. Yeah. Um, so, Atkins... I don't like secrets. <laughs> oh no, we were I was gonna fight her. It's fine. Um <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Busioli. Atkins. Atkins in her nineteen seventy seven biography autobiography. Not gonna cut my pocket, we're fine. <laughs> There's just so many things happening today. Would you like some water, honey? No. It's, it's flavored water. It's delicious water. No, as you take a sip. I know. It's really fucking good shit. I'm just going to buy another packet of it. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I'm just going to buy another thing of it. Is that that green stuff? Huh? That weird stuff in the bag? No, it's the electrolyte stuff that I got. Oh, okay. Um. Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> Distractions. Atkins, in her 1977 autobiography, wrote that Manson directed Busioli, Bruner, and her to go to Hinman's and get the supposed $21,000. Uh, she said that yeah, two days nice. earlier, Manson had told her privately that if she wanted to do something important, she could kill Hinman and get his money. Um, so Busioli, after this murder happens, a few days later, he gets caught driving Hinman's car. You know, yep. Yeah. Driving around in a dead man's car. As one does. With the murder weapon hidden in the tire That's wall. even stupider. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why anything what? about that. Smartest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Busioli was a fucking idiot. And, uh, yeah. It's like... There was a better way to do that. It's like, hey man, like I found this car on the side of the road or something. Like he could have done that if he didn't. Or him and like, yeah, he loaned me this car a few days ago, and I just um, ain't been back. Yeah, I haven't seen him since. What's going on? Yeah, but the murder weapon hidden in the fucking wheel well. Yeah, that's why did he not? Him. Like he could have left it at Spawn Ranch. He could have left it at the scene of the crime. Or he could have just not driven it. Because they didn't have DNA, DNA. back in sixty yeah. something. He could have just wiped fingerprints off of it and left it at the scene of the crime. Right, but yeah, just <laughs> I need to take this with me and hide it somewhere. Where can I hide a knife? My tire. With me. Like, <laughs> in, the, in the car that I'm going to be driving around in. If it wasn't another car. Yeah, yeah. Stash a different Pull up to a food line and stash it in some random person's wheel well. And throw then, it in, throw it, in, go down even, the road and just throw it out the window. That's even, what happened to the later murder weapons. Oh! Spoiler alert. But even better, you, even better if you hide the, the weapon in a similar car, because if they're like, oh, these tire tracks are similar. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's my brain. Too much, too much true crime. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Charlie, during this time, you know, like I said, as you see, things are kind of like, getting out of hand with them, right? And, um, like, we'll go, we'll, after we talk about the, after we go through the trial, or when we're talking about the trial, I, there's alternate theories of what happened during this time. I kind of believe a mixture of them. Um, 
But yeah, uh, basically what it boils down to is, let me click over here to the Tate LaBianca's, uh, on August 8th, 1969, Tex Watson takes Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian, and Patricia Krenwinkle. You know, this is fucking great, right? And what's even better is I believe Patricia Krenwinkle is the one who tried to assassinate Gerald Ford. I thought that was squeaky. Was this Lynette Fromm? Might have been Lynette Fromm. Uh, I don't know. But uh, they go to... Uh, 10050 Cello Drive in Benedict Canyon, Los Angeles, California, which is the home that Terry Melcher used to own. Uh, actually, still owned, I think, and was just renting it to Roman Polanski. Um, Until Charlie got out of there. <laughs> uh, Watson claims that Charles Manson had instructed him to go to the house and totally destroy everyone in it and to do it as gruesome as you can. Manson told the women to do what Watson tells them to do. Um, the occupants of the house that evening were movie actress Sharon Tate, um, who was actually much hotter than they got the girl they got to play her. Sharon Tate was a fucking smoke show. She's very pretty. God. I was say we can just look it up on our <laughs> our, our phones. Yeah, we have those things. Okay. She's yeah. For the I mean, they got a good woman to play her. Yeah, but she was. So pretty She was 60. fucking hot. That movie she did, Valley of the Dolls, was. It was actually a really good movie. What is going on here? Shepherd's know. Church. What? Oh, that's from what we were talking about. Yeah. In, in the episode that'll never be released because of stochastic terrorism. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a bonus show. <laughs> you have. You know. It's never going to be put on. I put out there. Um, the occupants that Maybe right, dies. were Sharon Tate, who Maybe. was eight and a half months pregnant and was also the wife of film director Roman Polanski. We've talked about him yeah. already. Her friend and former lover, Jay Sebring, who was a noted celebrity hairstylist. Right? Um, Polanski's friend, Wojtek Frakowski, and his girlfriend. very German names. Polish. Uh -huh. Polish. And his girlfriend, Abigail Folger, heiress to the Folger's coffee fortune and daughter of Peter Folger. Folger's coffee. Yep, coffee um, <laughs> Also present on the property were the caretaker, William Gerritsen, and his friend, Stephen Parent. Now, Stephen Parent, uh, had, they, Stephen Parent went to go visit William, and William lived in, like, this little cottage, like, way at the kind of, like, side back corner of the property. Um, so he's there actually trying to sell like this clock radio or fix or something like that, that for, for William, he's either trying to sell them one or fix it, but they're basically just hanging out. Right. And, uh, Steven, yeah, Steven Perry was like the nerdiest looking kid you'd ever think of. Like he, he just, he was just a kid. Um, when they, when they get to the house there. Uh, as they climb, they cut the wires, like the power lines, the phone lines going into the house. Well, not the power lines. They cut the phone line going into the house. They climb over the gate, and as they're walking up the drive, uh, Stephen Parent is just pulling out, like he's just leaving. And they stop him and shoot him in the car like four times. And yeah, yeah. Um, That's very excessive. I mean, double tap though. 
It was the it was the dude the uh, we've already established stupid dude that shot him. Yeah, but still like Tex. Yeah. No, Busioli was really stupid. Tex was just kind of odd. <laughs> Busioli was the one driving around with the fucking. He's not at this scene because you know he got caught with the murder weapon in the. Did we ever find out what happened to him? Um. I don't think they ever talked about him again. Hey, this are not appearing in anything important. Uh, let's see. Because when the other, because when the girl started talking about him, Char- Charles slapped her. Yeah, and yeah. Bro- and yeah. broke her nose. Um, there's theories that the whole thing that these murders were all the thing to get Bobby out of prison. Oh. Um, well, they did not do a good job. No. no. Okay. Oh yeah, because it's supposed to be like theories that it's like a copycat. Yeah, to be like, no, Bobby didn't do this murder. Yeah, there's someone else who's. Yeah, that was their thought. They just got that's all the, of them that's the theory. Um, yes, Cthulhu. He really is. He was convicted and sentenced to death for the stabbing of Gary Hinman. He was later granted commutation to a life sentence because California threw out the death penalty. Yeah. Um, during his incarceration, he has recorded and released music. He's also worked on visual art, instrument design, and media technology. Uh, a parole board recommended him for parole in January 2019, hmm. but the governor said no. All right. He's like, no, nah, he can't be let back out into society. Please well, he, was, he wasn't as dangerous as the rest of them. No. You know what I mean? He was just stupider than the rest. He would have been in those murders, though, had he not. You know, been a total had idiot. he not been an idiot. Um, here's a cool quote from Bobby Buscioli. I'm at war with everyone in this courtroom. It's nothing personal, but the world has been gaddling at my brothers and sisters as long as they're ripping off our world, our friends and our children. You better pray I never get out. Wow. I think it's not getting out. <laughs> How old is he now? Um... Probably old. Let me Google it. It should say it here, but it, he was born in uh, 47. He's 75. He's 75. Okay. I was going to do, I was going to count on my hand to be like, okay. I was just going to Google his age. I was going to do all that math. Yeah, shit. Um, so, yeah, they uh, leveled, he leveled a 22 caliber revolver at Stephen Parent. Uh, who started begging for his life, said he wouldn't say anything, um, and then shot him four times in the chest and abdomen, killed him in the front seat of his white 1965 AMC Ambassador Coupe. Uh, then they pushed the car further up the driveway so anybody driving by wouldn't see this car just, just sitting, sitting there. Just sitting there, because that's a them. little too suspicious. Um, and Watson cuts a screen of a window. And tells Kasabian to keep watch down by the gate because she really didn't want nothing to do with it anyway. She was kind Don't of freaking blame out. Her. Um, she walked over to over by Stephen Parent's car and waited. Watson removed the screen, entered through the window, and let Atkins and Krenwinkle in through the front door. He whispered to whispered <laughs> whispered. Can you whistle? <clears throat> Can you? Are you able to whistle? <laughs> yeah. Um. I whispered to Atkins, and all this whispering woke up Frakowski, who was sleeping on the couch. Uh, Watson kicked him in the head, 
<laughs> and then Frakowski asked him what he was doing, well, who he was and what he was doing there. Watson replied with the most famous quote from this whole fucking thing. I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Well, damn. Not a bad quote. No, no it's fucking not, not awesome. A bad line. Right? It's fucking awesome. In fact, um, Rob Zombie used it in when he made Devil's Rejects. Huh. He had Otis say that to somebody. Because huh. you know, Otis is like, I want you to pray to your God to save you. And the guy tries praying, and Otis is like, well, that didn't work. I'm the devil. I'm here to do the devil's business. And blows the guy away. Yep. But he got that from... In fact, uh, Otis's character in uh, Devil's Rejects specifically was modeled after Charles Manson. Now, his character in um, the prequel to that, House of a Thousand Corpses, was just his own character. But he made him more like Charles Manson for the Devil's Rejects movie. Fun right. fact. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> so, so it sounds like he took a lot of inspiration from uh, yeah he did he did like the axe and that stuff too in fact there's a lot of uh videos that have been like his music videos and whatnot there was this thing the documentary that got released in 1973 called manson Mm -hmm. and there was like a lot of footage of girls on the ranch and there's like this one there was one thing where they're talking about um you know there's no right there's no wrong if somebody needs to be killed you do it he's gotten Rob Zombie got his wife to dress up like that. And he's done, like, so many different shots of her as different Manson girls. <laughs> That's so funny. It, it is, right? The fact yeah. that his wife was like, yeah, honey, I'll do that for you. She was hotter than any Manson girl, that's for sure. Um, oh, oh what's her face? Oh, what's her face? Sherry Moon. That's her name. Sherry Moon Zombie. Could not think of her goddamn name. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't forget that. That's a that is a name. Yeah. Um. So all right, devil and devil. <laughs> all right. So um, Atkins after what Tex tells uh, Susan and Crinwinkle to go find out who else is in the house and bring them to the living room. So they kind of go out and like at knife point bring them to the living room where everything is going down. Um, Watson ties uh, Tate and Sebring together by their necks uh, with this rope he had brought and slung it over one of the living room ceiling beams. Uh, Sebring protested the murderer's rough treatment of pregnant Tate, so Watson shot him. Uh, Folgers was momentarily taken back to her room for her purse, and then she gave the murderer $70. Um, She paid $70 to get murdered. Uh, Watson then stabbed Sebring seven times. Uh, Frakowski's hands had been bound, bound with a towel, which is stupid. A, ta- a towel? Yeah, you ever try to tie something up with a towel? I've tried to tie a towel. It doesn't work very yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiots. Um, his hands had been bound with a towel, and he freed himself and began struggling with Susan Atkins, like grabbing at her hair and shit. So she yeah. stabbed him multiple times in the leg with a knife. Uh, he fought his way out the front door and on the porch, but Tex caught up with him, struck him over the head with the gun multiple times. So many times it actually broke the uh, the, the the grip of the gun. Like the wooden grip was just kind of like splintered. Like that's how hard he was beating them. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean the the 
the the attacks themselves are super brutal. Like I, I read uh, in one book where like uh, they stabbed when they stabbed. I don't remember who it was. One I think it was Folgers. People. I think it was Abigail Folgers when she was, was getting stabbed. Really um, like the knife tip broke off in like piece of her bone in one of her bones. And then when they pulled it out and stabbed her again, more of the knife broke off. And, like, it was, like, it was, they were, they beat, they. Yeah, the lady in the movie did say that every time she stabbed her bone, she felt the knife moving and whatnot. So yeah. that probably explains quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it was very brutal murder. One of the most brutal murders you'll read about. Um, Linda had heard what she called later horrifying sounds. Um, and then moved towards the house from her position in the driveway. Uh, she told Atkins that someone was coming, trying to get the murders to stop, trying to stop it all. Um, inside the house, Folger had escaped from Krenwinkel and fled out a bedroom door to the pool area. Krenwinkel pursued her, caught her on the front lawn where she stabbed and tackled her to the ground. Uh, Watson then helped kill her. Her assailant stabbed her a total of 28 times. Uh, Frakowski struggled across the lawn Still alive. Jesus. This dude has been beaten in the head, stabbed in the leg, <laughs> shot twice, stabbed multiple times. <laughs> Just hanging on by a thread. <laughs> this dude, like, like a twenty-year-old thread. Like, yeah, he's Jesus. he's struggling. He's like stumbling across the lawn, and Watson's just walking behind him, stabbing him. Like, <laughs> in the end, he suffered fifty-one stab wounds. Had been struck in the head thirteen times with the butt of Watson's gun, which bent the barrel and broke off side of the one side of the gun grip, which was recovered at the scene. Uh, in the house, Tate pleaded to be allowed to live long enough to give birth, and offered herself as a hostage in an attempt to save the life of her unborn child. But Atkins and Watson stabbed sixteen Tate sixteen times, which killed her. And, of course, the baby. Yeah. There's rumors went around um, that they cut the baby out. Oh, yeah. That, that didn't happen. I don't think they would do that. It, well, they would have, but they didn't. <laughs> it's like, mm, do you Let's really... Not. It's not beyond the brutality of, of Watson or Atkins. Um, yeah. They're, they're the true monsters, I feel like, in the story. Yeah, they had no problem killing these people. Tex Watson, like, let me show you a picture of Tex Watson. I'll use my phone this time. Oh my god. I know, right? Wow, first thing that pops up. <laughs> no, he doesn't look crazy now. He just looks like an old man. But That was him. Yeah, he looks a little crazy. He looks batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Where was I? I don't know. Right, right. Tate, uh, Sharon had died. Um... Manson told the women to leave a sign, something witchy. So Atkins wrote pig on the front door of the house in Tate's blood. Um, she said she did it to copycat the murder scene of Gary Hinman to get Buscioli out of jail. Uh, Buscioli had wrote political piggy in Hinman's blood. so Yeah, it made sense. Yeah, it, and in their minds. It tracked. Um, so after, these, after this, they go back to the ranch. And uh, supposedly they tell Charlie what happened and whatnot. He's like, we'll just go to bed, keep everything quiet. <coughs> and um, I want to say it was the next fucking day. I think it was. Yep. 
Wait, hold on. Can you breathe? Mm -hmm. You've got to breathe. <laughs> How long's no work? Here? It was so the the Tate murders happened over between eight August eighth and ninth because it was the middle of the night, right? Yeah. And the La Bianca murders happened on the tenth, so literally the next night. Um. And Charlie's plan, supposedly at this point, is he's going after these people because he's wanting to create outrage, right? Now, yeah. these people weren't, no, these are like top Hollywood elites that yeah. died at this house. Like major people. I mean, I mean, imagine something like that happening now, right? Mm. And, and instead of it being a black person, you know, say they tried to put it on like trans people or something yeah. like that. Imagine the outrage. Right, so supposedly this was Charlie's plan to get everybody outraged at the Black Panthers and Black people in general, and so with you know they'd start attacking Black people, causing Black people to rise up, and they'd start this whole war. That's why he's going for the targets he did. Now yeah. the next ones to me, the the La Bianca murders, I all I, I've never been able to fit it into any narrative. It doesn't fit any motive that has been put forward, any theory, because they weren't really rich. They weren't known. Um, so the next night, the four murderers from the night before, plus Manson, Leslie Van Houten, and Clem Grogan. Who the fuck is Clem? Uh, that's a name. No, yeah. God. <laughs> oh, God, what? Oh. <laughs> what? It looks like Pazuzu. Oh, yeah. God. It can't, no, it can't be that bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, his face is weird. <laughs> he actually look, he has the same, like, he looks exactly. <laughs> You're not even typing. You're just staring into the little space. Well, because I was reading about him. I, I didn't I, I didn't know this guy at all. Either that, well, I've probably forgotten, but let me see. There it is. Oh my god, you yes. are wrong. He looks, <laughs> he like, looks like the Zuzu Yeah. Um, minus the face stuff. But not, yeah, minus the face tattoos. And yeah, that's it. Sharp and, ass teeth. And he's, he, he, he's ate a few more meals than Pazuzu. Yeah. Yeah. Shukafu has as well, but that's <laughs> the um, go to Um. Alright, so they go for a drive the following night. Um, Manson was allegedly displeased with the way the scene turned out because people were, there was bodies all over the yard and shit like that. He wanted it to be a little bit tighter, a little bit more controlled. Um, so he told Kasabian to drive to this house at 3301 Waverly Drive in the Las Feliz section, section of Los Angeles. Um, located next door to a home. There, where Manson and family members had attended a property the previous year. It belonged to a super, supermarket executive, Lino LaBianca, and his wife, Rosemary, co-owner of a dress shop. It was kind of your average Joe's, like middle, upper middle class. He might have went for them cause it, to, to help the other people get practice in. I mean, the only thing that makes sense is he just remembered that he, he, he was familiar with the area. Yeah. yeah and the people were just kind more. of random. But it doesn't fit in with the whole narrative of him trying to start a race war. 
True. Might have been like an educational field trip kind of thing. <laughs> Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> uh, Let me show you how to take people Atkins out. and Kasabian, Manson went up the driveway and returned to say that he had tied up the house's occupants. Uh, Watson, Krenwinkel, and Van Houten go in. Watson claims in his autobiography that Manson went up alone, then returned to take him up the house with him. Um, Manson pointed out a sleeping man through a window, and then the two entered the unlocked back door. So there's differing stories on, on that, how it happened. Either way, Manson went up to the house with this one. Um, claims Manson roused Lena LaBianca from the couch at gunpoint, and Watson binded his hands with a leather, like a leather strap. Rosemary was brought into the living room from the bedroom, and Watson covered the couple's heads with pillowcases, which he bound in place with lamp cords. Manson left, and Krenwinkel and Van Houten entered the house. Um, Watson had complained to Manson earlier of the adequacy of the previous night's weapons. Uh, Watson sent the women from the kitchen to the bedroom, where, Lo where Rosemary had been returned. While well, he went to the living room and began stabbing Lino with a chrome-plated bayonet. Mm. Uh, the first thrust went into his throat. At this point in time, Watson hears a scuffle in the bedroom and runs back there to discover Rosemary LaBianca keeping the women at bay by swinging the lamp that was tied to her neck. He gets through and stabs her several times with the bayonet and then returns to the living room and resumed attacking Lino, who got stabbed a total of 12 times then carved the word war into his abdomen. Uh, Watson returned to the bedroom and found Krenwinkel stabbing Rosemary with a knife from the kitchen. Uh, she was, was stabbed approximately 16 times in the back and her exposed buttocks. Van Helton claimed at trial that Rosemary was already dead during the stabbing. Evidence showed that many of the 41 stab wounds total, in fact, had been inflicted post-mortem. Watson then cleaned off the bayonet, and they all took a shower. And Krenwinkel wrote, wrote Rise and Death to Pigs on the walls, and Helter Skelter, misspelled, on the refrigerator. Yeah, like the, although, it, it, that's another thing I find hard to believe about this whole narrative, right? Charlie has been banging this head shit about Helter Skelter and into Well, they did heads. say that he only talked to the men about it. He talked to everybody about Helter Skelter in general. Now, the details, he only talked to the men yeah. about. But he was always preaching about Helter Skelter, according to the prosecutorial narrative. Um, Jesus, what was I doing? Where was I? The uh, thing about the Helter misspelling Skelter. of Helter Skelter. Yeah, I was, yeah. You'd think she'd be able to spell it right. No. 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 She wrote not. it Hilter Skelter. Hilter? <laughs> like Hilmer? Hilter Skelter. <laughs> um, she then uh, gave Lino 14 puncture wounds in his throat with an ivory handled carving fork. Yep. Which she left. Ivory handled, though. That's... I know. That's fancy. Yeah. Which left jutting out of his stomach. She also planted a steak knife in his throat. He's already dead at this point. But, you know. well, she's just doing it for three hours. Just butchering, yeah. Yeah, for fun. Funsies. <laughs> Wouldn't it be surprised if you start carving him like it was a bird? Like it was a bird on Thanksgiving. Manson drove the other three family members who were left with him that evening to the Venice home of the Lebanese actor Saladin Nader. Nader. Uh, Manson left them there and drove back. <clears throat> drove back to the Spawn Ranch. Letting them hitchhike home. 
According to Kasabian, Manson wanted his followers to murder Nader in his apartment, but she thwarted this murder by deliberately knocking on the wrong apartment door and waking a stranger. They abandoned the murder plan and left. But Atkins defecated in the stairwell on the way out. Just stopped and took a big old healthy shit in the stairwell. Like, why not? Can't kill nobody. Might as well take a shit. <laughs> Ruin someone's day. <laughs> Poor janitor. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. And on the way back, they, they throw the murder weapons out down in this canyon, you know. And um, I think they took they took Lino LaBianca's wallet and they stopped at a gas station and took the money out yeah. and they hid the wallet. Behind the toilet. Yeah. What, was that in the movie? Yeah. Oh, I, I, you missed it, apparently. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's, they hid it, they, they later, it was later found. Um, yeah, because uh, Char- Charlie had gotten everyone in the movie milkshakes. When they were in the car. Milkshakes. And, and Linda started crying her eyes out for no damn reason. Because of all the <laughs> violent murders that she had just witnessed. Why would she cry <laughs> on her own time and not ruin everyone else's good moods? I mean, you know, sometimes. Murder just happens. <laughs> it was a coincidence. Uh, let's see. Yeah. What the hell was that? Ew. <gasps> you can't pop your jaw? No! no. Please stop. I hate it. <laughs> no. <laughs> she pops her neck. Yeah, all the time. I can pop. I can pop almost every bone in my body. <laughs> that was crispy. <laughs> that sounded beautiful. I don't even want to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, <laughs> you're the one telling the story. Oh. Yeah, we don't know this. All right. <laughs> so. Um. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Good soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and then and then and then. Mm-hmm. So how are you, Storm? I'm great. How are you? I'm okay. Could be better. I'm okay. So the the investigation was it was fucking a, it was a problem, right? Um, because it was. The murders were committed in two different, like, districts. And at the time, there was no internet. And police, uh, like, districts and whatnot were kind of, like, rivals with each other. Like, high school football teams. Oh, yes. So, yeah. It was like, we're going to figure it out first. Yeah. So, they automatically assumed that the Tate murders had to do with drugs. Like, there was some sort of weird drug-fueled orgy and everybody got murdered because of it. Um, they had no idea what was going on with the LaBianca murders, and nobody was talking to each other, because there was a lot of shit with these murders that are obviously connected. Right? Yeah. Like, with the writing on the wall, and the, the way the we- the type of weapons that were used, uh, even the times that the murders were committed. Mm-hmm. Were middle of the night. Middle of the night, yeah. All these things go to M.O., you know. Um, but they, they weren't able to communicate at all, and they spent a lot of time fucking wasted on it. Meanwhile, Charlie is stealing dune buggies. No, yep. So he can mount machine guns to them and they can ride out in the desert and survive this race war. He sure is going to start now. Any- yeah, and don't forget the um, 
the entrance to wherever the hell they're going is underwater in the middle of a desert. Well, yeah, they he, he's out there looking for it. And what he's really doing is just eco-terrorism. He's just burning up all these, like, mining equipment and bulldozers yeah. and shit. You know. He gets his own dune buggy, I notice. He, he makes everyone else share, but he gets his own. Because <laughs> he has to lead. It's a cult leader, honey. They were all lined up evenly. But his would be slightly further ahead. No! His was, like, on the far right. Away from everyone else. Um, yeah, so, like, during this time, he's, he's doing other shit, right? And the cops, the cops come because of the stolen dune buggies. Yep. And guns. And guns. Well, the guns just happened to be there. No. They, there was stuff said about the guns, too. Yeah, they stole them. Because they were where the doom buggies were. And they, they stole them. They, they didn't go there to steal the guns. They went there to steal the doom buggies. And at the time, stealing guns wasn't as big a crime as it is now. And there's a reason why it's a big crime now. There's oh. a lot of reasons. Lots of reasons. Lots and lots of reasons. Um, but they... That whole uh, raid was botched. Um, like the, the, the search warrant was all fucky, and like it was, they they were end up pretty much let go all charges. Of this. Yeah. Then they came back to the ranch to arrest them a few days later, a few weeks later, uh, because of the arson of burning down the like equipment shit. They basically like drove their doom buggies straight there and back to the tracks, like. <coughs> Lined up. <laughs> just let them they try. didn't. They didn't try <laughs> to hide it at all. <laughs> they just, like, yeah, they mixing, made, made it look like there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, you know, try and cover your tracks. Done a couple your... donuts, you know. Yeah. Charlie was here. <laughs> yeah, <he's so> <laughs> um. So yeah, they they get him this time, and uh, they're they're in jail. When fucking Susan Atkins, good oh. old Sadie Mae Glutz. I hate her. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I don't like snitches. Right? I just don't like her face. Um, <laughs> her actual face is even weirder than the yeah. girl they got to play her. The girl they got to play her was a fucking beauty queen compared to actual. Yeah. Sadie but that's that's Charlie manipulated that shit. He used her negative self image to. Kind of, not, to, not so much against her, but she had that negative self, and he was able to use that as, like, no one else has ever loved you. Yeah. You know? And so she was, like, fully devoted to him. Um, so she's just chilling one night, at her, talking to her cellmate, smoking and she's just, cigarettes. like, smoking cigarettes, you know, That's as one all does. Everyone does That's all everyone did in the late 60s. Yeah, the and whole the movie, at least five people each scene had, had a cigarette. You remember the cartoon The Flintstones? Yes. Do you know how the Flintstones came to be? No. Oh, God, no. It was a Winston cigarette ad. The Flintstones were just a show to sell kids Winston cigarettes. You just ruined my entire childhood with that sentence. You're welcome. I don't like how... I don't just like, like that in the Peter Pan thing. I don't like Winston's either. Never have. No. They I don't have, like the smell of them. They did have the they did have cigarettes though for a while. Their cigarette packs were pretty cool because they like slid out mm. instead of like open them. They like slid out and it was cool. I liked them. They were like more crush proof too. Like you could have them in your back pocket. See, it's like and I don't. This is sidebar from working at a gas station. I don't oh, understand the difference between a 
soft pack of Newports and a regular box pack of Newports. None except for the pack. Yeah. And people are like, no, it tastes different. I'm like, it's a fucking Newport. (laughs) And that means they're slow smokers, right? So the reason people say that is because a, uh, a hard pack closes. Keeps your cigarettes a little bit fresher longer. Yeah. Whereas a soft pack, once you open that half of it, it stays open. Your cigarettes get stale faster. So if you're not a pack a day smoker, a a soft pack of cigarettes is not you know not the way to go. If you're gonna smoke that whole pack today, then yeah, sure. Yeah, I just I've always liked hard packs anyway better because like I do things sometimes, and yeah. my cigarettes can fall out or get dirty. I like that. I have always been someone for having a um, an actual cigarette Those case. are fucking dope. I I had one in my early years of smoking, but I got rid of it. Me too. And the fucked up thing is the one I had was from like, I stole it from this antique store. Of course you did. When I, I was, God, not your age. <laughs> yeah, I started smoking when I was 14. I started smoking when I was 12. And uh, <laughs> I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! Um, and here so, we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I quit smoking though. I still. Smoke I smoke when I want to, but I try not to smoke as much as I did. I I noticed a very big difference after I quit smoking. I enjoy as cigarettes, far as cigarettes way too much. To I do too. Give them up completely. And it's a, it's been extremely hard. The cravings have hit again, and I'm like, oh no. Well, see, I also have I out. also have other like more serious addictions. That yeah. If if I'm having a, a craving, it's best I go get a cigarette. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's where for me I have to work through it to like. It, I'm working through too much. <laughs> I can smoke the cigarette. I let me have the cigarettes, but I don't want to smoke cigarettes. Like I I. If I, I smoke, I'd rather go back to... When, um, when you said that... You said the other night, like a week or so American ago... American Spirits. You were like, uh, you, you were doing so good, you know, with the smoking. You need to do better. I have. Yeah. I bought a pack days and days ago, <clears throat> and I still have it. Yeah, and that's a vast improvement. I might, I, might not, I might smoke a cigarette, or I might smoke four cigarettes. Yeah. But I'm not smoking a pack. You're not smoking a, a pack in like a day or two. It's not like my house. Exactly. I I, yeah. I don't want to give up cigarettes because I fucking love them. I do too. But <laughs> I yeah. also, I'm, I mean, I want to be around a little while. You know? Yeah. I talk about wanting to die all the time, and that's not the whole, the whole truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, if I, if I had to, I would have to go back to something super, super, super light. I do like American spirits. I love American spirits. But they're spirits. so expensive. Um, I think the price too is what pushed me away keep from this them. Away from me. Why? Um, thank you. Uh, because this is dead. My other vape is dead. Why the do you charge them? Because they all die at the same time, <laughs> and I have one charger. <laughs> Get another charger. Speaking of which, I need to go put my vape on the charger. Um, why don't you girls sit here? Yeah. And uh, talk about murder. All right. Talk about Moida. Do you have a murder story, Storm? I recently learned how to dispose of a body really good. You recently learned how to dispose of a body very well? Yes. Okay, tell me. All right. What did so, you learn? <laughs> so you get a body bag, as one does. Okay. You put your body in it. <laughs> okay. 
You put your body, like specifically you put, you put your the body. body? That you killed. Okay. The dead person. You put it so in how there. are we going about killing this body? I don't know. Um, okay. You pick. Okay, so we're just gonna go with poison because poison okay. is always poison. my Fair weapon body. of choice. You put dry cement. Okay. Close the bag up, wrap it in chains, and tie the center blocks, and then you just drop it in the lake, and the cement will activate. The cement will activate, but what is your? What is, How is your? That um, is not disposing of a no, body. That's not. That <laughs> is. That is dumping a body. Yes, that is not disposing of a body. Disposing of a body requires something along the lines of. Hydrofluoric acid. Mm. Even better. Pineapple. If you get, yeah. I'm. I wasn't going to interrupt. Continue, please. Yeah. So, I was going to hear this nonsense before I objected. <laughs> no, if you, you, I shouldn't know this, and I shouldn't be saying this, but here we are. Go right on ahead. You can, you can dissolve a body in pineapple, fresh pineapple, and like with the skin, acid. with the skins and everything. It'll take a while, but how many pineapples can. are necessary? Or you get a vat, pretty much, and pretty much wait. Or, you'll get a 55-gallon, or use the trash can out there, mm-hmm. the plastic. It's the right type of plastic. Mm-hmm. And you go buy about, I think the ratio is one gallon per five pounds of weight of hydrofluoric acid from fucking Lowe's. And the acid will eat everything but the plastic. And how do you dispose of the liquid? You just pour it down a fucking drain. <laughs> you can also rent a wood chipper. Throw the body in the wood chipper, and we're not trying to have a Tucker and Dale versus Evil moment. No, no, no. You put the body in the wood chipper, and you have the the chute where the wood chipper shoots out, <coughs> pointing at a pond or a lake. Fish will eat all the remnants, or you can scatter it across. You can shoot it out over your yard, at, you know, when it's raining. the The body and the bone bits will just go down into the soil and fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah, Where's but that could be a Tucker and Dale versus Evil moment. You know what I'm saying? See, officer, what happened was the best the way thing. to dispose of a body is to completely obliterate the body. There cannot be anything left of the body, right? Because yeah. anything can bring can come back on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can cut the body up into small parts and double bag them, and then between the two bags of the body parts, well, you, you want to put them in separate bags. Right? And you want to double bag each bag. And the second layer of bags, you got to fill it with black pepper. Black pepper? Black pepper. and Or garlic. Okay. Anything with strong Dogs. Fat. Keep dogs away. And then you dump it in different dumpsters all over a city. Yeah. And eventually it'll get... Yeah. By the time... If they ever find any pieces of that body, it's so... De- decomposed there's nothing left and then if you have access to pigs if you have access to <laughs> yeah. fucking piranhas yeah, piranhas are less likely piranhas are yeah piranhas Piranha. don't actually eat people <laughs> well they will but not if you, like <laughs> not like they're made out to <clears throat> no but like if you if you cut up the meat throw it in piranhas, yeah it'd be better pigs. i think you'd be better served putting a body on a large mound of fire ants or just go to Australia. Mm. Then, then I'll promise. Or just send a live person to Australia. They're not coming back alive. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yet, yet, New Zealand is safer. If you New want Zealand someone is to so die, safe. send them to Australia. <laughs> Everything scary lives in Australia. Boy, have we gotten off topic. I know. 
Um, you told us to talk about murder, but here we are. <laughs> you started this disaster. You did, and it just went real, real left, and that's fine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so, Susan spills the beans, right? Yep. And, um... To her friend that she was talking to. That she she did the thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While it was later... Ex- while it was later... Uh, lost the word. Accepted at trial that Mason <coughs> never expressly ordered the murders. His behavior was deemed to warrant a conviction of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Uh, evidence pointed to Manson's obsession with inciting a race war by killing those he thought were pigs and his belief would show the word I'll never say on the internet how to do the same. It starts with N. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're, I, 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 that's, that's the one line I won't draw. Stochastic terrorism? Sure. <laughs> out and out racial slurs? Nah. No. Um, family members were also responsible for other assaults, thefts, crimes, and attempt assassination later. But, um, yeah. So they, they charged them, right? Uh, Vincent Bilios is the prosecutor in the case. And uh, he, he says and claims that on the first day of the trial uh, that... He's, he's sitting there at his little prosecutorial table in the courtroom, and Charlie's escorted in. And as soon as Charlie walks past him, his clock, his watch stops ticking. Was there ever a reason why that that was found? Um, here's what I think. There is a legend of Jesse, Jesse James, right? The old West gunslinger, yeah. what have you. There is a legend that clocks would stop when he walked into a room. Right? It was part of his legend of being the ultimate ba- yeah, his, ultimate his western bad guy. Right? That he had some sort of supernatural uh, power. Um, I think that Bugliosi made this story to tie into that type of mindset. Right? He kind of continued the but narrative. It tells me that if he's willing... To say this, that his watch stopped clock ticking, which I do not believe happened, mm-hmm. right? I, I it don't. just makes it fantastical. It also, to me, discredits Bugliosi. Fucking completely. Yeah. You're willing to say some nonsense like this to sell a book. What the fuck were you willing to sell? What were you fucking willing to say to sell a conviction? He had to tie Manson to these murders somehow. Which is where we get the whole Helter Skelter narrative. In fact, Bugliosi, in order to make his people after the trial weren't really understanding what was happening, plus there was the profit motive, he wrote a book called Helter Skelter in which he describes the murders and his theory of the the Helter Skelter thing. Um, There's a possibility that it was never even something Charlie, like he... Like, you've seen me on mushrooms, right? You know? Yeah. I, and I, I'm weird. You know? Yeah. I say weird shit and do weird things. I'm not harming anybody. No, you're just concerning sometimes. Cause Mainly because you stop breathing. I always stop breathing. 
But no, you'll there's been a couple of where me and you've been mid conversation and you just stop. You just stop functioning as human. <laughs> it can yeah, start to be so much it's like Oh, okay, that's time to breathe. That's just me in general. That's not do it mushrooms. Yeah, well, you don't do it as much when you're you do it a lot when you're on mushrooms. It's just like every five words, you just you just stop and you stare into space. I'm pretty sure he doesn't breathe most of the time. <laughs> it, it, it worries me. <clears throat> well, breathing's overrated. No, it's not. It's necessary to survive. Um, I I I kind of or you just laugh. I a think lot. what happened was they were all sitting around. Well, never mind. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, on July 24th, 1970, which was the first day of testimony, uh, Charles Manson appeared in court with an X carved into his forehead. Uh, his followers issued a statement for Manson saying, I have X'd myself from your world. The following day, his co-defendants also appeared in court with X's carved into their heads. Uh, members of the Manson family camped outside of the courthouse and held a vigil on the street corner. Uh, because they were excluded from the courtroom for being disruptive. Um, I mean, yeah. I had, and I had, it, it, it would take too long to find it again, but I actually had a page pulled out and put to the side of all the weird fucking motions that Charlie put forth. Because you see it in the movies, like these nonsensical objections. Uh, I remember he looked no, like he was playing like an organ or like a. He piano. always did that when he was talking. Yeah. But. It the, 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 Jack when I say motion, I'm, I'm referring to courtroom motions, which is like motion to dismiss, motion for Yeah, this. he did a whole bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, he... <laughs> it was everywhere. He would object to himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was... And, and, um, and, and the thing is, he got fired from being his own attorney, right? <laughs> which I don't know how bad you have to be to do that. <laughs> Bad. He was so disruptive in the court. He would do these mock crucifixions. I mean, crazy shit. The judge is finally like, all right, we are going to subvert constitutional law. You are not allowed to be present at your fucking trial. You can leave. <laughs> he, um, for like the deliberations and whatnot, when the verdict come back, he heard it on a radio in his cell. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the lawyer, though, that was put in to replace Manson's own defense used Manson's tactics for defense. Oh my god. <laughs> More nonsensical motions. Like, <laughs> they, he was like, alright, bet. This <laughs> trial went on for 22 weeks. Good god. <laughs> when it should have maybe gone on for like two weeks. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Maximum two weeks. Yeah. Uh, the Not trial started in July in 1970 and ended... On January 1971. Um, but, yeah, they, it was, his lawyer was great. <laughs> he would, again, object to his own shit. He would say something and, Your Honor, I object. It was like, <laughs> he'd call the witness and then object to the witness being called. What it, the hell? It was ridiculous shit. Him and his lawyer um, must have been best friends. One of the things, the, the thing that actually got him kicked out was in uh, October, Manson attempted to attack the judge while the jury was present in the room. He first threatened him, then jumped over his lawyer's table with a sharpened pencil in the direction of the judge. Ooh, he was restrained. It, it'll kill you. It was restrained. Yeah. In prison, they don't give you pencils. If you look back, if you have any of the letters I wrote to your mom when I was locked I up. Them. 
you'll notice how light the penciling is. Yeah. It's like you can barely read it. It's because it's rubber pencils. Oh. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, have, I have those like in one of my drawers. While being led out of the courtroom, Manson screamed at the judge, in the name of Christian justice, someone should cut your fucking head off. Uh, Meanwhile, female defendants began chanting in Latin, and the judge started carrying a pistol every day afterwards. I do not blame him. Um, California arrested the case after presenting 22 weeks worth of evidence. The defendants then stunned the courtroom by announcing they had no witnesses to present and rested their case. (laughs) <laughs> Your Honor, we have no case. Goodbye. <laughs> um, immediately after the defendant's counsel rested their case, the three female defendants shouted that they wanted to testify. Their attorneys advised the court in chambers that they opposed their clients testifying. Apparently, the female defendants wanted to testify that Manson had nothing to do with the murders. The following day, Manson himself announced that he wanted to testify. He was allowed to testify outside the presence of a jury, which to me is, that's no good. He stated, in quotes, These children that come at you with knives, they are your children. You taught them. I didn't teach them. I just tried to help them stand up. Most of the people at that ranch that you call the family were just people you did not want. I know this, that in your hearts and souls, you are much responsible for the Vietnam War as I am for killing these people. I can't judge any of you. I have no malice against you and no ribbons for you either. But I think that it is high time you all start looking at yourselves and judging the lie that you live in. My father is the jailhouse. My father is your system. I am only what you made me. I am only a reflection of you. You want to kill me? I am already dead. I have been dead all my life. I have spent 23 years in the tombs that you have built. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Bars. Yeah, he Mic just... Drop. <laughs> uh, after speaking, judge ordered offered to let him testify before the jury. Manson said that's not necessary. He then told the female defendants that they no longer needed to testify. Um, on November 30th, 1970, Leslie Van Houten's attorney failed to appear for closing arguments in the trial. He was later found dead in a California state park with his bat- body badly decomposed and possible to tell cause of death. He had disagreed with Manson during the trial, taking the position that his client, Ben Houghton, should not testify to claim that Manson had no involvement with the murders. Some have alleged that Hughes was murdered by the Manson family. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Hughes was murdered by the he fucking Manson family. He was murdered Manson by the Manson family. family. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um... In uh, January ni- January twenty fifth, nineteen seventy one, the jury found. Paper, but... Oh, am I so boring? <laughs> no, I had to get back to work, so I stopped drawing on myself. I need to. <sighs> what? No. I just sighed. I, I had messages on my phone. He does that. It's really, I'm just breathing. You breathe. And everybody's like, what's wrong? It's like, God, I don't breathe. Everybody's upset. I breathe. Everybody gets upset. Everyone gets concerned. You really do. You really do breathe violently. You breathe like you're talking to somebody that owes you money or something. But the jury found Manson, Krenwinkel, and Atkins guilty of first-degree murder in all seven of the Tate and LaBianca killings. The jury found Van Houten guilty of murder in first degree of the LaBianca killings. Um, 
After the convictions, the court held a separate hearing before the jury to determine if the defendant should receive the death sentence. Um, each of the three female defendants took the stand, providing gra graphic details of the murders, and testified that Manson was not involved. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. It was not necessary. Yeah. According to female defendants, they committed the crimes in order to help fellow Manson family member Bobby Buscioli get out of jail, where he was being held for the murder of Gary Hinman. The female defendants testified that the Tate-LaBianca murders were intended to be copycat crimes, similar to the Hinman killing. Atkins, Krenwinkle, and Van Houten claimed they did this under the direction of the state's prime witness, Linda Kasabian. The defendants did not express remorse for the killings. What do you guys think about it? About their, their testimony there. The fact that it was all, it had nothing to do with Manson, it was all to cover, to throw in with uh, Bobby Buscioli. I think it's 50-50. Because they were partially telling the truth, but they were also partially lying about one of the murders. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like yeah. it's, they wanted... well, Manson was only technically involved with one of them, with one of the murders, because he was only there for one of them. Yeah. But it was almost like a... What's the word I'm looking for? Ritual know. isn't the word that I'm looking for. But um, it kind of is like hazing. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. Sort of like grazing over the truth? Like singing some not truth? No, like what they did was it wasn't... It feels like college kids hazing freshmen. Like, in a frat. That's what it feels like, where you don't have to do it. It's not something you need to do. But if you want to be accepted, yeah. you got to go through it. Like, Hating. that's... Sort of. Yeah. Um, March 4th, uh, during the sentencing hearings, Manson trimmed his beard to a fork and shaved his head, telling the media, I am the devil, and the devil always had a bald head. However, the female defendants did not immediately shave their own heads. Uh, the state prosecutor, Bugliosi, later speculated in his book that they refrained to doing so in order to, be, to appear not to be completely controlled by Manson. Uh, the, on, in March 29th, the jury sentenced all four to death. Um, when the female defendants were led into the courtroom, each of them had shaved their heads, as had Manson. After hearing the sentence, Atkins shouted to the jury, lock your doors and watch your kids. The Manson murder trial was the longest murder trial in American history when it occurred, lasting nine and a half months. The trial was among the most publicized American criminal cases of the 20th century and was dubbed the trial of the century. The jury had been sequestered for 225 days, longer than any jury before it. The trial transcript alone <coughs> ran to 290 volumes, or 209 volumes, which equaled 31,716 pages. Wow. Oh, damn. That's a good year's read. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's where we'll leave off for part three. Like, there is more to his story yeah. that yeah. should be told. You know? Um, yeah. No, right. That sounds like a, a good ending point. Yeah. Yeah. So... My thoughts are that Manson was 
you know, he was pissed off about being ripped off with the, his his music and shit. Yeah, being fucked as out anyone that. would be. Yeah, as he should have been. He had he had rights to be mad at Melcher yeah. and, Den- and and Dennis Wilson. Yeah. Um. I, that the excessive amount of acid and drugs, and kind of the inflated ego. He probably said some shit, right? He said some shit that probably shouldn't have been taken to heart. And these kids, I think, ran with. I'm not. Sh- I don't believe that he knew what they were doing when they were doing it. I do believe he knew afterwards, but Manson growing up in prison ain't no snitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's still a. I got a protective perspective as well. Yeah, and I think his uh, his appearance at the LaBianca murders was his, his attempt to try and help them, right? Yeah. To try and like make it so there's let you know make sure that they could get away with what they were doing to make it look. Because, you know, the Melcher house, that points back at him a little bit, right? Yeah. So, has them go do this other murder to cover up the first murder that could possibly be linked back to the family. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Like, there was a link between Sharon Tate's house and Charles Manson. And the yeah, family. just the... Because of Terry Melcher. Yeah. There was no link with La Bianca and Charles Manson. And the family. Yeah. So if another murder looking just like this murder happened, then they wouldn't be so quick to link back the Manson yeah. family. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. I follow now. But I still, I guess, with with the girls and all that, like... Like you were saying, um, these were very impressionable kids that, you know, no one really wanted. But he he probably knew what he was doing, but, like, do you think to a, like, a degree he should have reeled it in? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, you know dialed down on like the killing aspect of it. Like I, I get I get like the whole it was the sixties. I get that. I just for the time period that that was in. But as the quote unquote responsible adult. Like, how do you take that on? I'm like, well I'm telling these kids to kill people. Yeah, yeah. That. Like and they're fighting the world. Quote unquote. Yeah. Fighting this quote unquote <laughs> race war. Race war. It's such a silly idea. It is. But it fits. It fits. It's a narrative that can work. Long dramatic pause. Sorry, I had deck messages and all that. But, um,. Alrighty. Well, I guess we're good here. Alrighty, Aphrodite. And we're going to pick up next time and talk about his prison time, his and a, a lot of the like. The story is only half over, really. Yeah, there's yeah. still so much more to go. <laughs> you know, uh, he didn't die until 2017. Yeah, uh, November 2019. Yeah. 2017. I was in school. Yeah, I was at work. I was in first grade. And I didn't do shit the rest of the day when I read that he died. Really? I went back to the truck and fucking smoked joints and listened to his music. Kind of sad. I've always had a weird relationship with Charles Manson. I didn't 
until like a week ago. Huh? I didn't know when he died until like a week ago. <laughs> I knew I knew moments after when I knew when it was the inf- when the information got put out public. I had an alert. <laughs> I, I, I only knew because I was curious when they were sending the jail. Like, when did he die? So I googled. I'm like, oh, I was in first grade. I probably didn't care. If it was when I was 17, in 2017, then I was a junior in high school. Really? (laughs) No. No, I'm thinking 2007. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. No, 2017. Jeez. You can't do that. No, I can't math right now. We started dating in 2019. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's a dramatic age. That's 2007. Jesus. I was like, oh, hold up. Oh, I'm mad at damn, so man. many people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, until next time, this has been uh, Charlie Manson's Fanny Hopefully not four months. Trying no. to figure out how to math. Yeah. Yeah, because I can't math damn, right now. that scared me. <laughs> Ugh, I scared myself. I was like, wait, I nope, I can't do math today. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs>